Can I just have a word? Can I have a word with you? I feel it like it doesn't work. work. <laughs> Would you let me speak? Okay, do it. <laughs> okay, go. Welcome to the Nail Polish Sisters. Chef's kiss. One, two, three, four. Welcome to the Nail Polish Sisters. Hi, guys. I'm Bella. And I'm Jamie. And we just want to start off by thanking the five people listening right now for tuning in to this new excursion of our life. You guys are the OGs. We will remember you forever. Write your name and your number. I'll get you tattooed on my ass. Yeah. Your face. Your five faces together like it's a Christmas card. Right on my right butt cheek. In color. You may be sitting there as you join us for this first episode ever. What is a nail polish sister? You know, Jamie, that's a really good question that I can't really answer. And I can't either. And that's why it works. So just, don't fret. Just go with it. Just go with it. Also one of the best movies As ever Adam made. Sandler once made a movie called Just Go With It. it it'll it end up making sense when you see how random we truly are. You will understand that the correlation between nail polish and sisters, there is none. Well, maybe we can start by saying this. It's not a great clarification, but Jamie and I have been friends since we were five. So we're essentially like sisters. Where the nail polish comes in, we don't know. I probably get a manicure once every six months. And that's okay. That's fine. I chew off my cuticles from time to time. And that's okay. And that's okay. We accept everything here. Yes, we do. <laughs> okay. Well, before we dive into this episode, I, I got a question that's just eating me up inside that I must ask you. Get into it. I'm so ready. You've met the love of your life, but every time he goes in the ocean, <laughs> he makes you play mermaids. Oh my God. I would fucking love that. But like, like you're five years old playing mermaids. Like oh my he God. does not break character. Oh my God. You know, I would love that. Okay. Would you not? I feel like you would secretly really like it. Grown ass man playing mermaids. What if he had a mermaid tail that he physically put on and like waddled into the ocean, like dragging his stomach, army <laughs> crawling and has like an 100 pound tail on his body. Like he's committed to it. Yeah, no. Like See, you have to like, I guess you think he's going to whip out a surfboard from that big bag and then it's just it's a mermaid tail, a mermaid tail. Yeah, no. So the imagination mermaid's fine. But if he takes it one step too far <laughs> yeah. and is... A mermaid, that's where we draw the line. Yes. Okay, there we go. What an image that is. Just a grown-ass man, like, with a giant tail, like, crawling. Your imagination is so strong sometimes because you you really do take things to the nth degree, and I love that about you. Thank you. You're welcome. Kumbaya. Kumbaya. <laughs> Kumbaya. I was going to hold your hand, but... Oh, my God. Ugh. Again, I don't know if we could be talking about this right now, but Bella and I... We've been best friends since we were five. I think we already said we don't touch each other ever. And recently in the past, probably month and a half, every time we've seen each other, we've given each other a hug and it feels right. And it never feels wrong. It's so odd, but I love that for us. Yeah, we're growing together. You know, just find you a friend. Get you a friend. And bringing us to the point of that's what we hope to be for you guys because we have each other. 
we know that it's very hard to find another. And we think that rhymed. I think we think. 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 You guys should come on and join us. The reason for this podcast is friends are hard to come by. Honest friends are even harder to come by than just a friendship. And Jamie and I are beyond blessed to have each other in our lives. And we want to open up our inner circle of literally two people, us and my dog, Milo. Milo. And invite you guys to join in on this friendship and feel like you've made two new friends by the time you're done listening to this because we're going to be the friends for you that will tell you, hey, maybe that guy's just not that into you or what genes will look best on your body type or let you have your feelings and emotions and questions and not have any judgment towards it. I think that's a really big thing within our friendship is allowing the other person to express themselves freely and not be scared to say what's on their mind or like have feelings. Yes. And I think we do that through supporting each other and not really being fake about it. It's one thing to be really supportive and yes, everything, but we're here to sort of keep each other in check while also really being there for each other when the time calls. And another thing, another Another one. one, we're not afraid to look stupid. Sometimes, I don't know if you feel this way. I don't know you five listeners if you guys feel this way. But when you're in a position of you don't want to seem dumb or lacking anything while in a conversation, you're oftentimes afraid to ask questions. Or to speak up and say, hey, I actually don't know what you mean by that. Can you please clarify? And Jamie and I are here to be your clarifiers. And totally have your own opinions about Mm -hmm. it. We are not here to tell you anything in a factual way. We are only stating things from our own perspective and our own personal experience. Well, that's exactly, I think you're completely correct in that. We're talking from our place and our truth. So every week we're going to have a new topic and a new guest. But the difference between us and the other podcasts of the world is we do come back to the topics every month, let's say. So you'll get your five separate topics and then we'll come back and we'll further round out what we're speaking about because we're going in on the microscopic scale and we're getting into the nitty gritty details of each little thing we wanna talk about. So what we're talking about isn't broad, it's very specific. Yes. And that also gives you guys the opportunity, if you hear a topic that you really like, to come in and say, hey, I love this topic, but I really want to get into this mini sector of this larger topic. We're happy to go into that. We are on this podcast with you guys along for the ride to learn as much as we possibly can, because what is this platform for if not to learn and to share and to feel included and be inclusive And that's really what we want to do here. We want to make you guys feel like you also have a voice as much as we do over here on the other side of the mics. Please hold. I need to. I need energy. Oh, hell yeah. You hear that little sizzle? 
Ooh, sizzle, 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 baby. That is none other than our favorite drink of all time, Ghost. Ghost energy drinks. They partner up with candy brands and Mm -hmm. they make the most delicioso, delicioso, delicioso drinks of all time. Bella is currently drinking a ghost red sour patch I'm flavor. showing you guys, but you can't see. You can't see it, but I can see it. It looks beautiful. The packaging is gorgeous. And we also want to point out, oh, let me take that sip real quick. Oh, yeah. Ah, my God. Oof. Yum. I feel it going through my bloodstream. <laughs> I will say this. We are hella not sponsored. We got no sponsors. Literally, the you guys but are- But ghost, if you want to sponsor us- Please. You can pay us in ghosts. Yeah. Literally, we are not here for the funds. We are here for the ghost. We're here for the energy that these these drinks give. They give it. They, they are, are giving. They are literally giving. They are slaying the goddamn day away. I love ghosts. It has got me through many a hard time, many a hard time focusing, and many a cries about everything you can think of because I'm crying all the time. Me too. Mostly over dogs. Yeah. Bella cries about. <gasps> oh, my God. What? What? Jamie has a movie coming out. Oh, God, no. I should have taken off both my earphones. Jamie is in a Christmas movie on Freebie connected to Amazon. It is amazing. She is amazing. It is awesome. It comes out tomorrow night. She's a star. So not only does she podcast, but she acts. She acts like a motherfucking Bitch. <laughs> Thank you, bitch. Um, not to market myself, because I hate to do that. But as an advocate for my own career, the movie is called Hotel for the Holidays. Oh, right. Yes. I knew you were like, I knew you were searching. And I honestly forgot that a title is a thing. I just am so excited. Oh, thank you. Bella is so cute. She texted all my friends in a group chat and said, I am having a showing party. I will not be attending because I am not watching. Uh, Jamie will be there. I will have her tied down to my couch. And I will have a blindfold on. I cannot. And I will be shoving Christmas cookies down her throat and I will make her watch it. Movie magic, people. Movie fucking magic. Movie magic. And so here's the next thing. And the most important part of this to come is we have a really, really exciting guest today. I just got so serious, but I felt very passionately that. No, she's we have, I think, one of the coolest guests we could start out with because she's a girl boss. She's. 23 years old. She's running her own business. She's been doing it since she was 17. And we get to talk to her and learn about her story and how she got there and what created her own little denim empire. Yes. Her name is Elena Bonvincini, also known as Elena Bonham Carter. Also known as E.B. Denim. E.B. Denim. And if you don't have a pair, get online right now and get yourself a pair. The jeans are comfortable. They're sexy. They are, in fact, recycled old jeans. So we're also being sustainable, bitches. Fuck yeah, dude. No, she is a boss-ass bitch. We are so lucky that she came to do this podcast with us. And we got to learn so much from her, I would say, just about being a woman in the industry, being young in the industry, finding your way through a space you've never navigated before. She gives you the insight and the tools you would need to just start figuring it out, which is really cool. So we hope you enjoy this episode. We sure did. And we can't wait to bring you along for the ride. And 
And this is the first of many 10,000 hour episodes. Yes, ma'am. So stay tuned because we'll be bringing in other people in other fields and learning about how they got there and what they did. And I think it's just a really cool topic that we get to explore for the future. So, yes, ma'am. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with Miss Elena Bonham Carter. Whoop, whoop, whoop. And we're back today with our guest, Elena Bottom Carter. <laughs> and she's also known as Evie Denham. And we brought her on this week because this episode is our 10,000 hours episode, which is was created by Malcolm Gladwell in his book, Outliers. And it's the rule that it takes 10,000 hours of practice to become like a professional in whatever realm you're in. And we thought you were the perfect person to bring on because... You're our age and you already have your 10,000 hours in and you're only growing it and going further with it. Thank you so much. It's an honor. So with the idea of the 10,000 hours in mind, what is your highest point in creating this whole entire brand and like your lowest point that you've had? My highest point, I definitely think it's like when you see it out in the world, like whether I'm seeing a customer on the street wearing the product or like on the internet, seeing someone who I idolize wearing the jeans just because they love them. And then lowest point is definitely just making those things come together and the the real world aspects that come with it and like figuring out how to be a boss at such a young age and managing people who are older than me. That's yeah. <laughs> really difficult yeah. and like hard to navigate, but it's been such a fun journey that like, I can't really say that there has been a low just because it's all part of the process and all of it's, all of it's been really fun. I love that. That's answer. so cool. Thanks. I can't imagine like you have these dreams of people like, Oh, I wish this person would, you know, wear what I'm making. And then all of a sudden, Boom. Yeah. Do you want to freak out, Jamie? I do want to freak out. Doja Cat was in her jeans. <laughs> I love Doja Cat. It Those photos crazy. were so cool. She it almost looked like an ad campaign. She flipped the back waistband to see the, oh, the, so logo. the logo. It was Dude, insane. She's so piping hot. Like she's to me so in every sick. single way. Just her, her TikTok. Dude, just everything. I went to her concert one time and I was just like standing there mesmerized. Yeah. She's just like she has the IT. She literally has it. Yeah. There, she does have it. Yeah. She could just be walking down the street and you'd be like, that girl one day is going to be a star. For even sure. Like, I didn't even know what she looked like until recently. I don't know why, but I'm just like so obsessed with her music. I was like, it doesn't matter what she looks like. I'm just going to like listen. Yeah. And she's so funny too. She's, she's hilarious. So funny. Who's like the coolest person that, in your opinion, that's worn your jeans so far? I would say probably Bella Hadid. Oh, that's sick. Yeah. She's really sick. When she was wearing the jeans, did they just sell out immediately? It's funny how it works because like just because someone's wearing it doesn't necessarily mean like customers are going to go out and like seek that product and purchase it. But it does right. have influence on like people in the industry. So like when Bella wore it gave validation to like wholesale buyers. So like Selfridges or Revolve or Forward, that's like kind of like a checkbox for them being like, OK, this is like product validation. So like sometimes like I'll get some random person who I've never seen before, like just say, oh, my God, I love these shorts. And we got like 20 orders of those shorts because they linked them. But it's like from Doja Cat, we didn't get that kind of response. So right. it's really it's really weird how like influence works. I feel like also with TikTok and social media, because there's so much access to seeing everybody's stuff all the time, 
there's all of these people who also are making a career out of finding like less expensive versions of things totally. as well. So it's and like there's so much more copying happening and yeah. less originality. So it's so interesting that, you know, even just somebody super famous wearing your jeans doesn't yeah, you know, yeah, exactly. correlate directly with sales. That's yeah. really interesting. Like we had we had Kylie Jenner in our chain pants and that's kind of like the moment for me when EB kind of got taken to the next level. And then like shortly after Alibaba and all these plays Fashion Nova were carrying the chain pants. So it was just like, I was like, oh, so ready to drop the style and just be like, it's done. It's been used. But I was like, no, that's that's pretty stupid. And those companies <laughs> have such a quick turnaround time. Yeah. I feel like it's probably so frustrating. I always see like small brands yeah. that are like, you guys just took it. And yeah, like we like days later. Yeah, right. it's like so the like, quickness in which they're like, okay, it's done. Like their factories work so quickly. So fast. It yeah, just kills trends. Yeah. Right. And that's also another question I have too is when something like that happens, do you have the product to supplement that? Like if, if you're going to have 20 orders all of a sudden, do you already have that all ready to go? Or is that kind of like, you know, when you were saying you had to take it to the next level, was that like a really fast kind of switch you had to do and hiring people and getting things to be made faster? Like I'm just always so curious when... You can't really plan for stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. So like, I'm really lucky with how I started with upcycling because my turnaround for upcycling could be a matter of days because if I have like all the Levi's 501 stocked, I can just get them made into exactly what I need them to be made within a matter of days. So I can kind of like do a pre-order in a way and just meet demand that way. But since we've kind of stepped out of it, we have to really do projections right. and get technical with it. But we we keep the stocked inventory and then we this hold it. This is so like businessy. Retail. I'm mesmerized. Yeah, I know. I'm, like, I've learned I'm like, so what's much. a 501? What's an upcycle? I don't know. And I'm like, yeah, yeah that totally yeah, that's, that's it. I know what upcycle is. I do it every day. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. Do you want to tell us a little bit about how this all began? Yeah. Um, okay. So my kind of backstory was I have a lot of family in the Midwest and every summer I would go visit my mom or sorry, visit my grandparents. And there's not really anything to do there, but they have these amazing thrift stores that everything's like 50 cents, a dollar. Amazing. So my grandma and I made it a tradition to kind of like hop around and do like these five hour long road trips to all these different thrift stores. And I would just like all my friends were asking for these cutoff shorts that I was making. And so I would just buy a suitcase at the thrift store cut all these pants into shorts, pack them into the suitcase and then bring it back. And then at my high school, I would have uh, locker room sales every Friday. That is And I would so sell epic. all the shorts. And so from there, like when shorts went out of season, I started taking sewing classes and like reworking the jeans. And then I kind of like, I was inspired by Vetmont and Off-White at the time and just kind of like use social media to grow a platform and then like you saw at USC yeah that being in a sorority and having that community also really helped my brand of just being able to like like word of mouth kind yeah of thing. word of mouth yeah. and like selling that product gave me the capital to kind of like take things like to the next level and so your grandma yeah. sounds epic she's That's so fun awesome. she would like look for casserole dishes oh, <laughs> I was God. looking for like you're like going through the jeans yeah <laughs> She's like, I found these ones. I'm like, no, grandma. (laughs) (laughs) Like, that's not it, grandma. Nice try. Thank you for your help. That's so cool. And then did you always just love jeans or like, are you doing more than jeans now? Has it expanded? Like what's kind of. Yeah, I like, I think jeans kind of just 
it just was the path that was meant for me. Um, I wasn't like a huge denim kid growing up. Like I don't have huge a, a denim, denim obsession, but it fell into place and like I stuck with the name EB Denim. So I'm like, okay, now I, I make jeans. Um, <laughs> but we've we've expanded to other categories. We have these leggings that are doing really well. With upcycling, it's like taking something existing and making something new out of it. So I made some like a reinvention of yeah, sorts. Yeah, exactly. And so I I made these like silk dresses out of vintage silk scarves and and a few other things, but our like bread and butter is denim. That's sick. Did you did it take a while to learn how to like sew? That's a weird question. Yeah. Well, okay. So all I could do was cut and sew a straight line. Like I I still like I can't make a shirt if you ask me to. Um, so I made probably 10 pairs of jeans and they all sold out. And I was like, this is kind of a waste of my time. So like, I'm going to find someone else to do this for (laughs) me. And like, as soon as I did, I kind of like never really went back to sewing. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, I have a sewing machine in my office and sometimes I'll just like play around and like put things together, but it's not like I can like cut a pattern and make up like any kind of garment. So you kind of went to like actually doing it yourself to kind of like the visionary of the brand is that kind of what happened or do you are like what's your involvement now that you're a boss ass bitch and you've got people like working essentially for you as far as like making the stuff yeah so like we'll I have pattern makers and they'll like make I'll work with a manufacturer and different people to kind of bring a vision to life so I'll bring in a sample garment and I'll be like okay like I'll pin it to where exactly how I want it to fit and then I'll be like I want to use these fabrics add this to the length, whatever. And they'll make it come to life. And then sometimes we'll have to like do another version and then we'll go into production. So then they'll make hundreds of them. So it's a lot easier now versus before I would go and like buy out like as many vintage Levi's 501s as I could. And it was really limiting. This is a question more, I feel like for people listening and that I have where it's like, how did you find someone that you trusted to start making your clothing because I feel like it's such a personal close thing to you I started really small (laughs) I actually found um, a lady who I still use on Craigslist who just does my like reworking of vintage jeans and she's goaded and (laughs) she like our demand got so big that she started making her own team and like hired a few people to help her so it's cool to see that like Other people have been able to like start a business off of my business, but it's hard to find someone who you trust and who's good to work with. And honestly, like you kind of have to learn as you go of like how to do business. Because when I first went into it, I was taken advantage of. I didn't know how much things should cost. I didn't know like what the lead times should be. And until I finally found the people who I'm working with now, I look back and I'm like, oh my God, like if only I knew like, right. But I mean, if you're going to start small and you don't have the capital to like dive head in, you just got to like find someone who you can kind of connect with morally and shared values. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Shared values. And just make sure that whoever's producing your stuff, it's all done ethically, like try to be as sustainable as possible. And just meet them like face to face. A lot of people are doing things in China, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. Like you can get good quality over there, but it's just the communication is hard. But yeah, I think that like morally, you just got to be aligned. That's the first thing. I was going to ask too, you kind of said it a little bit, but like what were the kind of vulnerabilities of just jumping in 
you know, head in or not. You know, I mean, I feel like that's such a true thing of when you start a business or you go into something new, it's like you kind of learn along the way. But when you like, what was your first initial? Like, were you scared? Essentially, like, were you freaked out, or were you kind of like terrified? I I went in. I remember going in to like make my first dress sample, and I just like tried to be so hardcore because I was a you know twenty year old woman who didn't know anything and just was like so certain that I was going to be taken advantage of that I was just like very cold. And like super business. Uh-huh. But now it's like the people I work with, I'm like homies with yeah. and we have a good time. And you kind of got to start that way. Yeah, you know? exactly. Otherwise, you will definitely be taken advantage of. Even totally. That's already set up to happen. It's like, yeah, if you walk in like, ah, like people if are going to. Yeah. 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 So I, I definitely put on that face. But um, yeah, there were a lot of incidences looking back where I'm like, that's not. If you had advice for a young girl starting a business, what would you tell her like to not avoid, but like to be aware of that could happen to her? Um, Just kind of know like exactly what you want and do your research. And especially with pricing, just make sure that you're you're getting competitive pricing and you know like what the lead time turnarounds should be. What does that mean? So the time (laughs) turnarounds? Like just like when you should be expecting deliverables. So like, for example, in making clothes, like I need a sample within three weeks or product. What's the production lead time? Six to eight weeks. So that way you're not like, you're not letting other people down. Like if you have orders and stuff, you're kind of pretty upfront about like when things are. Yeah. Just total transparency is really important. Um, I feel like that's um, important across the board, especially mm-hmm, nowadays yeah. is just being completely transparent. Totally. That was pretty awesome. You're like, you're hella good at this. Oh, wow. You think so? I do. I yeah. was really nervous that I was like going to forget how to talk. It's easier than you think. Yeah, it is. I kind of feel like I'm in a simulation with the headphones and the glasses. And the glasses. Yeah. And, like, yeah. the very matrix right in front of my face. Vibes. I know they're kind of making me jumble words, which I kind of like because yeah. I feel like it makes me relatable relatable but <laughs> i genuinely am so impressed with how oh thank you your answers were so great and lovely and didn't need much i have another question oh hit us before you go somewhere else <laughs> I, I wasn't um, i was just filling space oh okay <laughs> well then i'll ask it do you do it by like seasons and lines or do you just yeah okay so when you're doing that where do you is it come from your head do you look at magazines do you look at trends where do you come because i feel like the changing you made like that was Completely yeah. nothing like never been the made Chang before. Gang? The chain gang. <laughs> the chain gang. It was like a jean where she like cut it down the side, but like this part was put together it was by like a chain. Up by chain. Oh, it, they're sick. That's so cool. Thank you. But cool. so please hold. Actually, I'm going to take a slurp of my ghost. Okay, take my your energy slurp. drink. So there's things that I keep in mind, like what's new and what do I want to bring to the world and what has worked for us and what sold. So I'll like analyze our sales reports and then the the styles that are doing really well for us, I will either do different variations or like add different colors. And then when I like something I want to bring to the world, I I don't I don't take like specific things. I'll take things from my wardrobe like I absolutely love the fit of these. Like I need I need to make these or just like a vibe. I feel like 
everyone in fashion kind of like is on the same page without mm-hmm. like even kind of communicating that. So like the silhouettes that you see, it's just like that's like the next vibe. So for next season, I'm feeling like the like the skinny legging is is in is in. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, okay, am I bringing back the jegging and like doing this silhouette with the jegging material? Oh my God, please. Fuck yes, I love a jegging. Yes. And I'm so a I'm, jegging whore, honestly. Um, I'm going to do that and like like um, a two-way zip, kind of like, hear me out, the Lululemon, like, sh- you know that jacket that like sh- sucks yes, you in? Yes, I do. Yeah. Okay, I it's like one. that shape, but high fashion with a two-way zip. So it's like a I'm cardigan like right here. So like, it's like things like that where I'm like, I feel like that kind of shape is in, but like, let me do it in my own way. Or like, I just have an intuition with like color. So I'm like, okay, let me just try going in this direction. I don't like to look too far to like my right and left and like copy what other people are doing just because I want to do something that like comes from my heart. Even with like micro skirts, I was like, I feel this coming. And then Mew Mew. It's a micro skirt, like little the tiny little, The little Mew Mew skirt. Have you seen that? Have you not seen the memes about this one outfit that Mew Everyone's Mew did wearing. where it's like the cropped sweater with the mini skirt, but like oh, yes. every single fucking person wore it? Yeah. Yeah. That. I have seen that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's a micro skirt because it's like that big. It's like low rise and it's super short. So it's like literally this it's big. A tiny, it's tiny. Yeah. It's like a crotch butt. cloth. Yeah. Something I would literally <laughs> never, you couldn't catch me dead wearing something like above the knees. Like you're <laughs> done. Like you are done. I really want to buy you a micro skirt. Just Bro. make you yeah. wear it. Bro. Good thing I didn't bring any micro skirts for you. I'm actually like trying to heal some stuff right now. <laughs> and so I promised my pain healer that I would start wearing like tight, tight something tight. But even I think that also extends to even just like showing any skin when I like go out to the club. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I would wear this to the club and then also wear that. a scarf and like probably a hat <laughs> and, and then the cover headphones. up this one little thing right here. Just to make sure no one can see through. Thick it's fuzzy socks. Literally in Just slippers. a mask. Yeah. <laughs> <Ski> mask. <laughs> I actually would. You know I would with, do that. With glasses and a face yeah. mask. <laughs> and my headphones. Yeah, sorry. What were we talking and about? gloves. So you can't see your hands either. Oh, yeah. So the micro skirt. You, the micro skirt. <laughs> so you made, micro skirt. Micro, you made a little yeah, denim micro few, skirt? I bet heavy into the micro skirts and it's paying off. That's so, hot. I love that. It's really weird, though, because you have to plan months and months in advance. Yeah. Like I'm planning spring, summer 23. Oh God. Yeah. And it's 22 right now. I know. God damn. I can't even think till tomorrow. I know. I've seen like my dad's a fashion designer. So I've seen that like growing up, like that part of it, like there was when he started his, now it's like a brand, but when he started that, he did it out of like our old house and he had like yeah, mood boards, boards of yep. just everything and like all the little like swatches. I would, it's like a golf company and I would sit in his office and stuff like the business cards. <laughs> that was my job. <laughs> I, I genuinely find that so fascinating because I, I feel like my brain, I, I don't know if you feel the same way, Bella, but like my brain doesn't work like that. Like yeah. I can't think, oh, maybe someone would like this in a year. Like that's crazy that you would have to. I'm like still trying to wrap my head around it. But again, it goes back to like, okay, what's worked? before and yeah. then like a little bit of like okay i hope this I hope right this is and i also feel like it's kind of like what we talk about with like artists because art fashion is another form of art but yeah. it's like you're the one who creates the trends so it's like once you have that trust from your customers yeah. it's like when they're going into the next season they're like okay what's eb denim gonna drop right. for this yeah, season totally. i can't wait to wear this this summer so it's like 
that cycle where it's like now you're at the point where you've gained the trust of your buyers that they're like, and you can also probably have more it. fun with it too. Like yeah. you get to yeah. like play a little bit now that you exactly. kind of have your foundation, which is super cool and yeah. like so exciting. It's super fun. I love it. Um, yeah, I guess that kind of feeds into our our you know our question of who do you in your life feel is an expert. Like, is it supposed to be like in my actual life or people who just like, anyone in general, okay. anybody who you feel like has is either like putting in the work to do the 10,000 hours that's inspiring to you or somebody that has completed the 10,000 hours. Yeah. And, you know, you're like, whoa, like respect for the motherfucking craft. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. My OK, the first one I'd say would be Virgil Abloh, which is like, of uh, course, rest in peace. R.I.P. But he studied architecture. Mm hmm. And he was kind of the inspiration for a lot of young designers. Like he didn't create for the consumer. He created to inspire, which yeah. was really cool. And then like after he passed, just seeing text messages of people posting of like the way that he communicated with people and the way he just like incubated creativity amongst like the people he loved. I think that's so just like that mindset and like that spreading that kind of love is so cool and inspiring yeah yeah i when i was living in nashville i went to go to this premiere it was a it was a movie called love tom and it was the songwriter who's i don't know how well known he is i didn't really know who he was but the entirety of the movie was basically and the q a after was all about the idea of if you're he's a songwriter but he was like if you're writing songs to make a hit you're never going to change anybody's mindset you're never going to change like anything by doing that it's just going to be one in a million but if you write because you really need to say something or like you really need to make something in your case or yeah. Virgil Abloh's case or you know that's where things actually resonate and make a change sick I have one person that I think put in his 10,000 hours really well Ben Affleck on the ocean in humpback whales excuse me <laughs> <laughs> come again what voyage of the Mimi oh <laughs> <laughs> for context when we were in elementary are you and I fucking friends, kidding me how did your brain go from a to b to literally z q y x z like i i'm fumbled i'm speechless i'm speechless did you never watch voyage of the mimi so in elementary no. school our teacher in fifth and sixth grade we had to watch this show called voyage of the mimi because oh, we were learning about the God. ocean but it's ben affleck when he's 10 years old you're done and it's like a pbs special and he teaches you about like the, oh, he's on a boat and he teaches about like the ocean and the stuff and he's acting in it. And there's like, I remember this episode, it kind of scarred me. He got hypothermia <laughs> oh, and they had to wrap no. him in that like thing. Tomato, tomato, <laughs> tomato, tomato. I just wanted to say that to see your God reaction. God damn it. That is so funny. Wow. But like it was, and I remember it was we were like in elementary tiny school. Ben Affleck. He's like, he's like, he's he's fucking ship. He was like Literally. 12 and we were like in elementary school. We're like, who is that hottie? Whoa. Like he's ben so Affleck. quiche. Like he's so cool. I'm like, <laughs> damn daddy. But he was like 10. Yeah, he was, <laughs> And we, we, were, we were like 10. 10. <laughs> Wait, Classic. he was 10? Yeah, he's a kid in this. It's called Voyage of the Mimi. Every class we'd watch an episode, we'd like, he'd pull out the like TV. Like, you know how they used to, before smart boards, they'd like pull out the TV yeah, with yeah, like yeah, the yeah, videotape. Yeah, yeah. And he'd be like, we'd be like, Voyage of the Mimi Day. Let's oh, go. Yes. Bring out the popcorn. And he would like talk about, he'd be like, so today's whatever we're learning about is like humpback whales. And then he would like give you information on humpback whales. Yeah. That's so hot. epic. Like, not to be rude, like, love you, Benny, but, like, <laughs> I'm not really into, the, like, his vibe right now. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't bang right now. 
Oof. Well, good thing he's banging he J-Lo. Oh. Oh. She can't anyway. Yeah, I think I just said that, like, so I don't hurt my ego. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't want to anyway. I would never, ever have been out like, if you're hearing this, I would never. But secretly I would. So if you're listening, Benny. <laughs> Benny and the Jets. Benny and the Jetties. Okay. Um. Cool. Shall we surprise motherfucker it? Let's surprise mother this shit. All right. Welcome to one of our weekly segments. Surprise, motherfucker. The drill goes. Our producer Lauren gave us a little article to read this week. This is my favorite part of the podcast, I'll say. I know. It's so fun. Because Jamie and I, for context, Jamie and I talk about everything because we're always together and we're not allowed to discuss the article until this very moment. It's like the elephant in the room because I'm like, I'm thinking, I'm like, like, how do do I bring this up? Wait, okay, so what's the article about? This week's article was about how sex scenes are actually shot on movie sets and kind of like demystifying. Oh my God, I'm so excited to hear about <laughs> it's, this. It was fascinating. It was really I always interesting. wonder. And it's, totally not, you got a lot of different mm-hmm. opinions and you got a lot of different sides of the story, honestly, um, which was very cool. It was a little BuzzFeed article. Quick read. And it was, what was interesting is like they had people talk from like Bridgerton, like the girl from Bridgerton, like participate, like whatever interview they pulled from that. And then they pulled like Sarah Silverman from like a movie she did like 10 years Across ago, let's the years, say. which was cool too, to see how it's actually developed. Yeah, it's like advanced a lot. Like, is there like a sock? <laughs> so well, that's what it was. Like Sarah Silverman was like, there was a sock. Like that was it. Yeah. Do sometimes Do they actually have sex sometimes? No, but I think that the point of the the article was really to say like, first of all, no, there's no sex being had, but because there weren't as many as advancements as there are today. There was a lot of times where people could feel very uncomfortable yeah. because there's, even if there is a sock in the middle, but you're only wearing like underwear, like it's a like, small little thing. Cause like, you can't yeah, like, like see it. Like Dakota Johnson was, said they glued on. Yeah. Like, they had to like super glue on like underwear to her. I mean that those scenes in 50 shades, I those mean, are like nuts. No, I mean, way. if she wasn't having sex, she should literally have won an Oscar because I believed every second of that movie and I was wishing I was her the whole time but it's really funny because I feel like a lot of people think when they watch that like oh I wish that was me like even in these Bridgerton stuff yeah. like oh like oh, wish it was me I'm so jealous but it's like it's what are you jealous like, of yeah, in reality, choreography. she's sitting in a room with like tons of people yeah yeah I was curious because it didn't mention this but like recently I've heard that it's like back then it would be like okay like sock on girl underwear 50 guys in the room mm-hmm. And that's how it was done. And no now way. it's, I think, like they kind of give you more privacy where it's like I think the Olivia intimacy Wilde coordinator was, was is allowed to be in the room and the director can be in the room, but like they're usually in like the video village area well, I think watching that it. Still wasn't happening. At, that's still not happening as much. But Olivia Wilde was saying on her set, she's going to start doing closed, closed sets for those specific scenes. Um, just because it like it does make people uncomfortable yeah. but also I love my favorite part about it was Chris Pratt was saying like that even though you know gender roles aside and everything it is kind of the job of the man to make the woman feel so a little bit yeah. more comfortable in the situation yeah. because it is awkward any way you slice it it's awkward like yeah. you don't know the person or you do know the person it's like uh, or like Natalie like, Portman so about do the, the guys get like a a boner? Yeah. That's my question. Nobody no. included that. No, they what? did. Sarah Silverman said she was like, I could literally, it was but a the first guy was an extra. extra. Doesn't matter if I the, know. Guy the guy was an, was an extra. extra? Yes, yeah, a movie she, was she did. Sex with an extra? Yeah. yeah. I'm sure it was like one of like a little slutty role she was doing, which is hot. I love that for her. But like, that would literally like give me so much trauma to have like a random man on top of me and you can feel his boner. Like, that is 
I can't, like, just reading that viscerally, like, upset me. I get why they would do. It's great that they've now advanced so much that, like, when you're doing sex scenes, it's like there's... Feels like fight choreography. Yeah, it's, like, fully choreographed. She was, like, they were... Phoebe Denver? Yeah. Is it Denver? Denver? I don't don't know how to say her name. Bridgerton girl. She was saying, like, there was, like... Bridgerton girl. They had, like, yoga balls and, like, pillows and all this stuff where it's, like, when they were rehearsing it, it's, like, they weren't on top of each other. Oh, like, you're a yoga ball. Yeah, Yeah, essentially. Which is kind of hot. But there's also... get it. (laughs) They were saying... (laughs) They were saying, like, there needs to be... There's, like, a three-object rule or something where it's, like, you'd have to do the underwear and the yoga ball and there might be a sock. So it's just, like, there's no kind of room for any discrepancies in in those moments. And the other thing that I thought was cool was the idea that um, the intimacy coordinator, that's, like, a new thing they've just recently started bringing on where it's, like, someone is there. So it saves a lot of the time the women from the director being like, actually do it this way, where it's like they yeah. have to now go to the intimacy person being like, we want to do it this way. Then she has to be like, mm, no, or, or he or she, yes or no. And then the actor doesn't, doesn't have feel to like they're in themselves. a compromised yeah. position of Whoa. being like, yeah, I'll do it just because like you don't want to like upset the director. It's so cool. That's really it was great. sick. I really like that article. I really did too. Our producer Lauren is literally a well of knowledge and sexy content for days. We love her. And so now we do our, my other favorite, honestly, all the segments are my favorite. I know. They're so much fun. This is, I think the best one. This is our closing question that we ask every single guest we have on the show. Um, Out of the last three purchases you made on Amazon, tell us about one of them. Oh my God. I have a really good one. Let's hear it. Fuck yes. Okay. So I bought like a tutu as a shirt. (laughs) 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 Um, It was for uh, this editorial shoot we're doing for these like really colorful leggings. And like our creative director was just like, this is the shirt. And I was like, okay. On Amazon? Yeah. It's literally like a tutu, but a shirt. And it's so ugly, but it's like, (laughs) I see the vision. Okay. Yeah. I love that. I love the trust in the vision for a tutu as a shirt. You'll see it in the photos and you'll be like, oh, that's the tutu top. Yeah. There it is. The tutu top. The tutu top. I love that. All right, guys. Hot takes. I know you guys are just always waiting for our hot takes. Um, Hot take. I always get like really frazzled in these, but hot take like, and this is going to be one that just lasts forever. MGK just, he must, (laughs) he must be stopped. And that's truly my hot take. And it might be a hot take that stays forever. He must be stopped. Somebody must (laughs) come get their mans. Is all I have Megan to Fox. say. Megan Fox, she's not get your man. really an image. I think she's encouraging. Yeah. It's really encouraging bad behavior. And as if men don't have bad behavior. Wait, what enough. is he doing that's triggering you? She oh just God. literally <laughs> just like he visualizing exists. him in my brain <laughs> gets mad. is an actual trigger. Like it might be worse than my real PTSD. He breathes. Like just, yeah, he literally <laughs> breathes. And I'm like, <gasps> someone <laughs> help me. I'm drowning. Anyways. Anywho. Hot take um, for us. Hot take. Heath Ledger will always be the hottest person to ever exist. Fair enough. That's all I got to say. Mic drop, baby. Wh- which one's Heath Ledger? Um, <laughs> have you seen 10 Things I Hate About You? Oh, yeah. He's the so Australian hot. one. R.I.P. Literally, we're having a big R.I.P. day today. Oh, my oh, God. Geez. All the legends. All right. Well, that is the Nail Polish Sisters for You featuring Elena Bottom Carter, <laughs> a.k.a. Evie Denim. AKA the goat. The goat. I was wow. going to say that. To thank you on. guys. Yeah. Thank, thank you. you. I'm so happy to have done this. This is amazing. This is so fun. So and thanks for joining our surprise mother and hot takes. We love, we, we love, love that. that. Beautiful. All right.
Wrap it up. Wrap See you next up. week. See you next week. Adios. Adios. The Nail Polish Sisters is hosted and produced by Jamie Belushi and Bella Giannulli. Produced by Lauren Boone. Edited by Jordan Fair. Original music by Joey Cars. The Nail, Nail Polish, Polish Sisters, Sisters is a Gulfstream Studios production. And if you've made it this far, 100 points. Thank you.